and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. I'm your host, Rob Kramer, as always, joined by my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. And Dan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm do- I'm doing good myself. Uh, and what what an eventful couple of days. I mean, Rangers on a on a nice little winning streak. Freaking Steve Cohen really really responding, showing Jacob the Grom. Hey, you know what? You really made showing Jacob the Grom potentially maybe you might have made a mistake leaving us because. Because we're we do want to contend, and he's he's showing it with all the moves he's making. Also, right about that, man. And also, probably the worst giant loss the Giants have have had all season. Ugh. Yeah, okay. you know, with the and that that's the that was a beatdown for your Giants on uh on Sunday. They ended up losing that game. What was the final? Forty eight twenty two. I believe was the final against Philadelphia. Very, very tough game. Philadelphia is such a deep, deep team. And then unfortunately too, my uh, Jets would end up taking a big L against the uh, uh, Buffalo Bills, 20 to 12. So, you know, another lost uh, football Sunday for us. Hopefully our boys could get back on track, um, you know, in the the next couple of weeks. But we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. I do want to expand on what you started with uh the uh the incredible amount of action coming from our new york mets man i i really can't believe that just a couple of years ago we were living in a world where the wilpons edict to sandy alderson was to keep the mets payroll underneath a hundred million dollars a hundred million dollars is a drop in the bucket to this this new owner man as the Mets, just as you said, they replaced uh, DeGrom with Verlander, which we knew. So then they go out and they say, well, we need a couple other starters. Let's go out. Let's pick up left-hander um, Jose uh, Quintana. Love that pickup. You know, be- before we move on to any of the other guys the Mets picked up, what do you like? Uh, what do you think about bringing in Verlander? I mean, obviously, we, we discussed Verlander. But what do you think about Jose Quintana right off the bat? Left-handed, number four guy pretty much. Decent price, $13 million a year for two years. How do you like that that move? I think that was a really good pickup. And he might be uh, – any success he has might be a very key part of uh, the season, I feel. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And you know what? This is a guy that, you know, if you remember just a couple of years ago, when he was on the Chicago White Sox and ended up getting traded to Chicago Cubs, he was one of the most coveted pitchers in baseball that people were just waiting for the trade deadline, knowing that he was going to get dealt. And, you know, he he has not necessarily lived up to that billing since then. But, man, just last year, the guy went out there and, you know, his win-loss record, not so great, 6-7, and seven, but he's also – playing for a crappy team most of the year. But when he finally ended up on the St. Louis Cardinals down the stretch, he pitched great and started game one of their playoff series. So definitely a big fan of the Quintana signing. Um, The other guy that I really want to mention too, and we really have let on last week's show. One of the things that me and you highlighted was look, we love the fact that Mets are going out and signing all these free agents, but we got to take care of our own guys too. We got to bring these guys back guys that came up through the system, guys that are what it means to be a New York Met. And one of those guys is Brandon Nimmo. And thankfully, thank God the Mets and Brandon Nimmo came to a contract agreement, eight years, $162 million I love it. $20 million a year for Brandon Nimmo. 
is a you know in this market a bargain. Uh, what did you think, Dan? I was so happy they brought Nimmo back. I was so happy, and I Nimmo probably showed it right on the money that he wants like he felt they felt they got a good chance to win, and I'm glad I'm glad to see Nimmo back. I remember this guy when he was just in the minor leagues. I remember seeing him in like. Back back then, the Cyclones were uh, were low A ball. As we know now, as we know today, the Cyclones are are high A. But back back then, back then that was when they used to have short season A, short season A ball, low low, low A. So I literally remember getting to see Nimmo. His is literally the beginnings of him in professional baseball. I got to see. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. I, I remember seeing that guy in spring training on the backfields before he even had a real number. You know, and it's just, so you know, and I remember when the Mets drafted him, too. There were a lot of people that just did not believe in Brandon Nimmo. They did not think that picking a guy out of Wyoming like he was, where there was no, um, you know, high school baseball for him to play. He was playing like American Legion ball. Um, Just a awesome, awesome story of Brandon Nimmo. And also, I I remember a couple of years ago. Um, the big talk, you know, one of the big things I remember when the Mets signed or, uh, when, uh, Bryce Harper became a free agent and all Mets fans were hoping that Brent, that the Mets would get involved and somehow make a contract, you know, at least an offer, but living in those Wilpon days, that was, uh, bigger than a pipe dream. So obviously that never happened. But one of the things that bothered me was that when reporters spoke to Sandy Alderson around that time, his response sarcastically was, well, what do we need Bryce Harper for? We got Brandon Nimmo. And that always seemed like a shot at Nimmo to me. And I didn't like that. And, you know, I, even on talk radio the last couple of years, how many times have you heard these, these guys that don't know anything talk about Brandon Nimmo, like, like he is this uh, crappy baseball player and they sarcastically laugh at the way he runs to first base for, uh, you know, when he draws a walk. I love it. Brandon Nimmo is everything that it means to be a New York Met. He plays the game hard. He loves the game. He loves this city. He loves being a Met. And I could not be happier that this guy has been signed to our organization for an extra eight years, Dan. Yep, I am. Uh, believe me, I was so happy when I heard that news. I just like I I forgot I forgot what I was doing that day. I I, I was I forgot if it was during a Rangers game. I forgot I was watching remember watching TV and I and during a commercial I stumbled upon this on Twitter and I was like, oh, we actually did this. <laughs> you actually you actually pulled that off with Scott Boris. Always Scott Boris, free agents always using us to. Uh, to, to drive up the market. True. True. And luckily that wasn't the case here, but you, you know, do, do you agree with what I was saying uh, about how Brandon Nemo has been disrespected for the last few years in this town? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I freaking definitely agree with that. It's like, this guy's been playing a lot better than people give him credit for. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he's back. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. And also, if that wasn't enough crazy moves for one little week weekend, all, all of a sudden I get news. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Uh, something Singa. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was just going to be getting to, man. The next big move, as as you were just about to say, the Mets signed Japanese right-handed pitcher Kodai Senga, and I'm I'm pumped about that, man. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped about this one. Also, I I I can't wait to see how this one's gonna turn out. Like I was, I was the pull this off. Like this is like Steve Cohen's for real. He freaking wants to win. <laughs> You're right, like, man. You're right. Like without a doubt, he. This is like, I mean, this is like what Yankee fans experienced when George Steinbrenner was alive back in the day. Like. It's exactly how he responded from a from a bad loss like that, postseason loss like that. He was back on that horse, and he was gonna make 
that big splash that was going to hopefully uh, put the team over the, over the top. And Steve Cohen has just done that. And it looks like there might be one more move coming up. Oh, absolutely. And and there's probably going to be a couple, you know, I, did, did you get any of that, uh, you know, and I don't know how big the moves are going to be, but let's hope that they, at, they're at least going to make a move to bring in one more decent bet. I would, I would really love that. But what did you think? But, but by the way, just to wrap that up, if the Mets don't do anything else for the rest of this offseason, we can't complain. I'm very, very happy with what they've done. I yep. would like to see one more bet, though. But what did you think last night? Did did you see any of that uh, about, I would say, maybe 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock last night, uh, a story broke from Ken Rosenthal, Fox Sports, saying that the Mets were looking to get into the Carlos Correa sweepstakes. Now, I would have loved to see Carlos Correa come to the Mets, but unfortunately, about two hours after that, the, the news broke that Correa signed for 13 years, $350 million in, uh, in, in San Francisco. So what did you think of that? Did, did you see any of that leading into the, that news breaking last night that the Mets might have been looking into Correa? Yeah, I've seen that. And then all of a sudden, a little bit later, it was like, boo. When I saw <laughs> definitely and, a little disappointing. It, it if it was up to you, would would you have brought Correa in at, at that money, like thirteen years, three hundred and fifty million? I might I might have brought him in, depending depending at that price, but unfortunately as Scott Boris always does this to us all the time. Freaking using us to drive up the market. That's a hundred percent true. You're uh, you could not be more right about that. All Scott Boris does is use these teams that want to have the money to drive up the market. Yep. And but, I think that's why the Giants jumped on it, too. Because I think once that – I I if you ask me, and this is just me putting two and two together, I don't know anything, you know, perf- I don't know anything uh, firsthand. But I agree with you that it looked to me like the Giants had uh, a pretty good offer on the table for Correa – Suddenly they leak out. Uh oh, the Mets are, are are starting to get involved a little bit. Then all these other owners start to get really nervous because they see how much money that Stevie Cohen's throwing around, and I think the Giants up their offer a little bit, right? What does that say? Does it does that sound right to you, Dan? Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, classic Scott Boris thing. Yeah, and it's understandable too. He's just trying to get the most money from his client. Um, me personally though. I I'm 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 a fan of Correa. I like him a lot. I would have been thrilled if the Mets signed him. But a 13-year deal for Correa at 350, I mean, that's more money than the Mets gave Lindor. Now, obviously there's three extra years tacked on there, so the AAV isn't as high. But um I I don't know, man. It it to me would have been a very very risky move to give Correa 13 years at that money because the guy, you know, he's only played over 150 games in his career once. He's a guy that has back problems. He's a guy that, um, you know, he could be a difference maker in, in your lineup, no doubt about it, but he can also be a pretty big albatross if he's sitting on the bench injured and you got that big contract tied to him. So, uh, well, I, I am a little disappointed that he's not going to be in the lineup. I do think the Mets dodged a bullet in giving him that contract. Because also, let me lay this out to you, Dan. What if I told you that the Mets not giving Correa that contract last night means that they will give that contract next year to Shohei Otani or, you know, a, a big time contract like that? So basically, what I'm asking you is, would you rather commit long-term to Carlos Correa or would you rather commit long-term to Shohei Otani? I'd rather commit long-term to Shohei Otani. I agree. It's going to be an interesting one next year, being the fact that eventually at some point Otani might not be pitching his whole career. Yeah, 
Yeah, you're probably right. He probably yeah. starts to slow down. Yeah, he'll probably be later in his career be DHing mostly. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think when you pick up a guy like Otani, I think you kind of go into that knowing it. You know, maybe for the first couple of years, you know, you'll get because I don't think Otani is going to be a 30 start guy. You know, maybe 25 starts, you know, his first couple of years as a team. But then I think, you know, maybe they'll start to roll him back a little bit. But, hey, if he's just going to have that left-handed power bat, that's still he's still worth it being long-term for me, even if he's only a pitcher for the first couple of years, right? You agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that one. Also, this year, I feel... I feel very confident we're going to have a great season out of potentially uh, Francisco Alvarez, who I feel like I mean, last year we made, I don't know if we really got a sample of really him because he didn't, he wasn't in the starting lineup in a lot of games. We called him up late into the last weekend of the season. So he, so this is really where we're going to get to see what he can do. I have a feeling he's going to get a lot of at bats during spring training Especially this is going to be one of those unique spring trainings because we got the World Baseball Classic this year and a lot of the players are going to, they want to play on their country's team during the World Baseball Classic. So so you're going to ha- have players scattered all over the tournament, the World Baseball Classic tournament. So that means there's going to be a couple of minor leaguers that are going to be getting a lot of looks during during that, during, while the World Baseball Classic's going on. You're also going to have a, also going to probably see a Beatty and a Alvarez get a lot of at bats. Very true, very true. But you know, there there is one thing that I've been kicking around in my head, and I can't get it out of my head. And I know it's probably not going to happen, but I feel like hey, it's it's our podcast. Might as well bring it up. Um, the Boston Red Sox right now look like they're in a uh, rebuilding phase right now. They they've got a you know, a lot of their high uh, their high end talent has left. Uh, Xavier Bogarts is gone. You know, JD Martinez left. Um, you know, obviously they they got rid of Mookie Betts years ago. They all these big names that they've had, they've gotten <laughs> rid of. They've moved on from the the one guy that I'm looking at right now. What's that? Did JD Martinez sign with the team yet? I think he's still a free agent. Yeah, still a free agent because I because I, cause I hear potentially he could be a bat that the Mets could go after. Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a a, sh- a shot at JD. You know, it 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 wouldn't be big money. Uh, he's 30, 35, 36 years old. I, I would take a shot on having him as a power bat in the bottom half of the lineup. No doubt about that. But the other Red Sox that I I've really had my, my eye on, and I'm sure not the only one, is Raphael Devers. Their left-handed slug and third baseman. I know it would take a lot, and um, I would go to Boston if if I was the Mets GM. If I was Billy Epler, I would go to Boston, and I'd say you could have Brett Beatty, Ronnie Mauricio, and one or two other guys. Anyone you want, except Francisco Alvarez. Now. Would you be willing to make a trade like that? If I told you that the Mets could land, um, you know, Raphael Devers for a package that includes, you know, who knows, maybe uh, Vientos, um, you know, okay, let me just say this right now to you. Mauricio, Beatty, Vientos, and David Peterson for Raphael Devers. Do you do it? Yes or no? I do it for that one. I don't know, that one's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I do it. And, you, you know, you're giving up a lot of talent, no doubt about it. And you might even, you know, if if we're going to do this in the real world, you might even have to give up one or two other guys, you know, from the minor leagues, which would be worth it. I Look, if if we're going to be the Mets right now and we're going to be, you know, this this big team, why not just go for it? That's why the Mets were kicking the tires on on Carlos Correa. You know, even if it was very, very far from actually happening, the Mets probably did check in on him, which is awesome because that just tells you that Steve Cohen is saying, I don't care what your tax bill is 
what your Stevie Cohen tax money is, you know, over 290, whatever the number is. The the Mets are well past that right now. Well yep. past. Yep. And I could play Steve Cohen, who loves to buy maybe these. I don't really know, really make a big deal of some of the art that he buys. Doesn't, I guess, beauties and behind the holders from the side. But I know one little piece of art he wants to have. And this one would be a unique piece of art that would not be in his, uh, his man, his billion dollar mansion. It would be in the museum area of City Field, and they would have to make room for that. They would have to make room for this one in the museum area of City Field. It'd be a third. They would be hopefully have to make room for a third World Series trophy at last. <laughs> you got that right, man. And hey, it, it looks like Stevie Cohen is doing everything possible to make that a reality. And that's all as Met fans that we can ask. You know, look, was this um, season, did it end, the, the, the 2022 season, did it end the way that we wanted it to end? No. No. The, the last couple of weeks of that season, the series against the Braves and the playoff series against the uh, uh, Padres was just terrible. It was like a kick to the gut. But you know why that's not a bad thing? Because it actually mattered. The Mets won 101 games this season. They had a great year. Statistically, they had the second best season, regular season, in their entire history. You know, only 86, they won more games, 108. Even in 69, they only won 100 games. So, look, I I want to give credit to everything that Steve Cohen did even before this, this this crazy spending spree we've been having the last couple of weeks. But I also want to highlight the fact, like we started off talking about, that you can call this a spending spree if you want. But let's be honest about it. The Mets retained uh, Edwin Diaz. The Mets retained Brandon Nimmo. And the Mets pretty much just swapped out Jacob DeGrom for uh, Justin Verlander. So to just have those three big pieces come back, you were going to have to spend a lot of money to begin with. Now, sure, the Mets put the cherry on top with with Kode Senga and a couple of these other guys that everybody's feeling really good about. And hopefully we'll add another cherry if they add a big bat to this lineup, too, like we just mentioned. But, um, you know, hey, I you just got to give Steve credit all the all the uh, Steve credit. You got to give Steve Cohen all the credit in the world because as Met fans, this is what we've been begging for for years. Just give us a competitive owner that wants to spend money and win baseball games. And eventually it's going to have to work out sooner or later. Right, Dan? Eventually it's going to have to work out that there'll be photos of us at the parade. Eventually. (laughs) You got that right. Hope and hope on on that day, maybe we'll have Steve Cohen on the Best Seat in the House podcast. Yeah, that that would be something else. Getting Steve Cohen to come on the show, that, I would I would love that. <laughs> oh, I, I would I would love I would love that. That would be so much fun, man. And you know, hey, even if we don't ever get to have him on the show, if the Mets win, all we're going to be doing is singing Steve Cohen's praises. And talking about we we you know we could change this podcast name to like the the best owner in the house podcast because that would be Steve Cohen. He's the best owner in he might be the best owner in sports right now because you know what he's giving hope to a fan base that has not had hope in a long time. And even though it might be making other teams upset, even though it might be making other fan bases, I I, I saw I was watching this video of these two guys who are Blue Jays fans. Uh, and when they found out that the Mets had signed Kode Senga, oh, they were so mad. They were yelling. They were saying, I hate the Mets. I can't believe the Mets are doing this. And it just made me happy because for once in our life, the Mets are the evil empire. <laughs> we finally did it. Yeah, it's like this is what everyone wishes they had. The owner, a lot of people wish they had. Yes, exactly. Well, we- Everybody wishes their team had all these people that usually sometimes people that hated the Yankees. I mean, even even or even myself probably for a while. 
we all wished we had an owner like Steinbrenner at the time. That's the thing. I would always say whenever my Yankee fan friends would be like, oh, well, you know, you know, and well, whenever I would complain about the Yankees, the one thing that I wouldn't complain about was that they had an owner that was willing to spend because I always wanted that, too. And finally, we have that. Yep, exactly. Finally, finally, we finally we have that. And I, I just cannot wait to see how this turns out. I just really hope it goes well. I mean, please win win a World Series. But please, while my mom is around to see it too, all right? I want my mom to be around for it. And I want Mr. Malunigan to be around for it too, all right? He's a dog, all right? These guys only have they, they only have so much time on this earth. I want I want him to be a part of it too, you know. Exactly, man. Exactly. You want everybody to enjoy, you know, the, the Mets finally becoming a championship viable team and we have seen you know the 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 good the bad and the ugly for the Mets for the last 30 years 30 plus years that the two of us have been watching this team and living and dying on every pitch you know okay the the Mets were good in the late 90s and and you know in 2000 they went to the World Series and you know in 2006 they had that great run and 2015 obviously but Think about that. Over the last 25 years, I just named four seasons <laughs> where the Mets had sustained success. And now we're finally getting to that place that, uh, you know, maybe for the next 10 years, the Mets will be in the playoff picture every single year and hopefully in the playoffs every year with, with these expanded playoffs that they have now. Um you know, I hope I hope to find myself in a uh, chilly weather October. Well, potentially October, maybe early November, depending when the World Series happens. In in City Field, I I, I expect I expect to be at City Field at times a year. I never expected I would be at City Field. Exactly. I, man. I felt we got we got a taste of that last year, man. Like I was like. I'm here in October, and I'm at City Field, and I hope this even gets even further. And uh, it's toward late October, and I'm at City Field. It's true. It's true, man. I always know that if the Mets are playing on or around my birthday, it's been a good year because my birthday is October 15th. So I know if the Mets are playing there, it's going to be a pretty good year. And unfortunately, this year, they didn't make it. Uh, I think they got knocked out on the ninth or whatever it was. But let's just hope next year they're playing a couple of weeks past my birthday because that'll be uh, World Series territory. <laughs> exactly. I hope. I hope to add another daily news to the wall when they when they win, of course, because obviously you know I'll be rushing to buy the daily news the next day because I'll have I have to have that in a frame. That's that deal- I don't blame you for that. That, that. that that's a good keepsake right there. Yep, that daily news with that with that headline. Yeah, man. Yeah. Remember teams won championships doing that. I like you know, you know, you know, like I remember like you know, all those times the Giants won a Super Bowl doing that. Rangers mm-hmm. doing that. I I still remember what that was. So I hope they could do this once again. Hopefully you'll do this with the Mets. And 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 add a third championship team photo to my wall. You got that right, got, my friend. I got a team. I got a team photo of the '69 team. I got a team photo of the '86 team. I want to be able to hopefully maybe this year I'll be adding a team photo, maybe potentially of the 2023 Mets team photo. I hope to Let's hope that, and maybe uh see a giveaway item or remember how like in a I think I think certain some anniversaries like remember they gave out a, a, a replica of the 69 met the World Series ring from 69 yeah and they yeah. gave out that replica of the of the 86 World Series ring which by the way those replicas were really nice looking replicas because and you know why I found that out the sponsor that supposedly the best organization will ponds First, didn't really pay for like replica, but the company 
the jeweler that was sponsoring this giveaway wanted they wanted their name behind a better looking product, right? Yep. Sponsor. Yeah, exactly. The sponsor that sponsor that uh, that giveaway, that jeweler, decided to really one up what they were being paid to make because they wanted their name behind a, a better product. So, and so, it, it really is a beautiful ring, too. They, you know, whatever yeah, the jeweler is that that did that. Uh, let's see, Gross Jewelers did a yeah, great yeah. job. They wanted. They want, they want, they, they, we, we, the fans won in the end because they ended up with a bet. They ended up giving the, they ended up producing a better product than what was originally, uh, that the Mets organization were attending, I guess, to, I guess they ordered. And we got that sweet giveaway that day. And I like the box art on that too, on that box. Yeah. Yeah. They did a good job on the box doing everything. Yeah, 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 that box art with all the the championship team, the photo, yeah. and the, the 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 little logo that was on the that was on the jerseys back then, that twenty fifth anniversary logo. But by the way, speaking of that, I saw, I got this, I got to, I got to see hi to some of the fellow Met fans, or to you know share some little stories and sub bets memories with some fellow Met fans at the Queens Baseball Convention two weeks ago. One of the people I saw there. Was wearing this vest that has all these patches from like every every commemorative patch the Mets have worn on their jerseys over the years. You know how there were different things for different seasons they were wearing, like including some anniversary ones from some anniversary seasons. I'm hoping maybe he'll uh, he'll have to add a twenty maybe a twenty uh twenty three World Series patch somewhere to that to that vest that he has on. It, there was some really obscure obscure ones that you really had to be a diehard Met fan to remember. At one point, they had in New Jersey, you know, like there were different ones. Like remember, like when uh when Bob Murphy passed away, they had like a little thing like that. There was like I remember there was one that actually I actually have this one still in the package of my collection. I have one when when Gary Carter passed away. I have that one. Yeah, I remember I, that too. He had like the Tom Seaver one there. The mm-hmm. Saab one also. There and I think I saw like the the looked like uh uh I, I think it was like he even he even had the he even had the bicentennial patch on that on that on, on that vest of his yes cool. bicentennial patch for all you a lot of people don't I mean this one's a really deep cut for baseball fans during the nineteen seventy six season all the MLB teams had the 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 United States bicentennial logo on their on their jerseys in 1976. I I've seen from what I've seen the pictures. As a matter of fact, they had these weird looking hats that were, I guess, fan, baseball fans describe them as pillbox hats. I remember like, those, yeah. Hats like that. I I actually bought one on eBay. Apparently, of course, we all know that the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kept decided to stick with those long past the seventy six season. Of course, sure they those, ended up winning the World Series in in, in seventy nine. Yeah, so those those pillbox hats became synonymous with the, with the Pirates because they wore them so many years after. Very true. Very true, man. One of the most Mets collectibles I have is this weird pillbox hat that they <laughs> season, and I just I just refer to it as the bicentennial Mets hat. All right, and we're back now. Uh, we got the uh, baseball talk out of the way. We're going to jump right into some football and uh, then wrap it up with some hockey at the end. But, um, yeah, you know, we mentioned it at the top of the show, Dan, uh, a tough football Sunday for our, for both our squads as um, the uh, Giants. You know, we'll start off with with, uh, with your Giants, man. Just a uh, very, very tough, tough loss. The uh the thing that stinks about it is that the the Eagles are just such a good team right now. They're just like going on all cylinders. Their confidence is through the roof. Um and and the Giants are a little bit banged up, so you guys are kind of catching them at the worst possible time too. Um coming out of this game right now, what's your confidence level in your Giants right now? I just feel like it's a 50-50. We're going to make it or don't. It's 50-50 or chances of making the playoffs. I just know that game hurt. It's always, it always hurts when we lose to the Eagles. Ugh. 
was like that game may have let me a couple of reaching for the maybe the fridge for a couple of a couple of Coney Island beers. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you on that, man. That was uh that game was over pretty pretty early. Obviously, I was I was watching the Jet game and I was uh, uh thankfully, I think this past Sunday was the last uh time this year depending on playoffs, although they wouldn't really be playing at the same time then. But um I I think this is going to be the the last time this year that the Jets and the Giants play at the same time. So it'll be nice that we can, you know, keep a closer eye on both of our teams because by the time I even got to flip over to the Giant game on Sunday, it was 21 nothing already. I I couldn't believe how much the uh the Eagles were just flying down the field and uh man, I mean, be, between Hurts the quarterback and uh you know, just such a well-coached team deep on all talent that their defense is deep their offense is deep um they they get the most out of their players uh just the the, the eagles are such a dangerous team right now man um you know what are your thoughts on them c- coming out of this game right now if if you were gonna pick a team right now to represent the nfc in the super bowl do, do you think the best odds would be on on the eagles I, I think so. I think so. Even as much as that hurts seeing the Eagles in the Super I mean, I did not know who to root against that Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Patriots, by the way. I yeah, did was, not know. It was like my nightmare against your nightmare. Because <laughs> like, I don't really like the Patriots so much. I don't really like the Eagles. It's like It was the same way I felt during the 2009 World Series, by the way. Yankees, Phillies. Yeah, because the two teams I despise, and it was like, oh, come on, really? This this matchup, I don't know how to run against. Like, it was hard for you to even want to watch the World, the World Series because if there was so, like if there was something else that was on, I was watching that, but I was I was still following what happened. Like, I'd be I'd be keeping track of what happened because even because like, like I still always keep track of what happened, but I was like, oh. And then seeing Yankee fans celebrating, yeah, yeah. But the uh, you know, F- Philadelphia man. I mean, Philadelphia fans might be even more annoying than the Yankees. But uh, the uh, the the thing is, though, you 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 know, just like you said, you, you you we might not like to do it right now, but yeah, we have to tip our cap to Philly because that team, yeah. uh, they you know they just go out there and uh, you know. They might have gotten a couple of breaks this year in different games and different situations, but they are a, uh, a a great team, and it's going to be really, really fun to see how they finish the season and how they go into the playoffs because they're probably going to be the first seed and uh, have that first round bye, um, you know, which means that a divisional playoff matchup could potentially be Giants Eagles once again. Yeah, could potentially, but yeah, just. But yeah, just going into work the next day and hearing, hearing some, I bet he, I bet just hearing a coworker freaking for the text me and he's singing a Philadelphia Eagles song. I just wanted to shit myself here. <laughs> yeah, fly Eagles fly is not something that you want to hear right after the, uh, <laughs> the, the Eagles just knocked around the, the Giants. No doubt about that. No matter how much Ron Bennington wants to play it. Um, because <laughs> we know he's from Philadelphia. He's a big Eagles fan. That's the only reason I even know they have that song is because of Ronnie B. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. As a matter of fact, Ronnie B may have influenced some things that he did. Because one time, I think I, I, I think I gave something to a random Twitter follower. I had mailed something to a random Twitter follower, and literally, what I did to to, to decide who won it, right? What happened was I had saw the Mets on the road in Philly. So I saw this giveaway item. I figured I'd give to a Phillies fan that wasn't at the, that was there and mail mail it to them, right? So I said, "Hey, we'll get this to you if you anyone." I decided to do something in honor of Ron Bennington since we were in. I was in Ron Bennington's uh, his his hometown. I decided to uh, play, pay tribute and do like sort of like a search search hurry up and search, and someone uh, got it, and 
I, uh, that's, that's how I decided who was going to win it. I searched Hubby up and searching on Twitter. And uh, that's, that's, how, that's how the winner got that item. Love that game, man. Missed that game. And, uh, I, I, yeah, by the way, too, I saw you mention uh, FezCon on social media the other day. If, if you're a Ron and Fez fan, and I know we're just doing this real quick, go to FezCon because that's a, a really, really yeah, yeah. cool thing that they're doing for the great Fez Watley. Right, Dan? Yep, exactly. I've seen some people got their email. I applied. I hope I get I hope I get my I hope I get the email. I hope maybe somehow some somewhere I could get find someone that could find a way to get me in. And if you know anyone, if anyone knows anyone help me get get, get me in it because I, I haven't received that email yet. But hopefully it's, I, I, I that when I heard that this was going to be a possibility before they announced it was going to happen, I heard something was going to be done like a fan tribute to Fez and. I just had to be there to pay pay respect to one of the greatest entertainers of our time. Like he was just a one of a kind entertainer, and I think this is gonna be is gonna be an amazing tribute to Fit Fez. And uh, you saw on Twitter when he announced Fezcon, I posted a picture of something from my collection, a signed photo I have of Ron and Fez. I saw and, that. I was very jealous. Very, very cool, man. And I loved how it was, uh, how they wrote it out to you, to, to Danny and everything. Very, very cool. Pretty cool. I also had, also, well, I actually would have had a big ass card, by the way, back in the day. I applied, I actually applied for one of those, but on the, <laughs> I think I, I'm, but back then, there was, the reason I, the reason, of course, for the, for the PO box is some stuff, there was some building stuff. There was stuff that was being opened. Mm-hmm. So, packages sent to the post office. Usually, I try to have sent to the PO box if if they get, give that option. Sometimes, I'm only allowed to have. Sometimes, a company or site will only send it to the house. They will they'll say no PO box addresses, but if there's a choice of PO box, sent to the PO. But the, the, and this was one of the reasons was because stuff was open and one of the, and there was an envelope. That I saw that obviously looked like it would probably the envelope that the big ass card would have came in. It was empty. Of course, of course. Card, <laughs> big ass, and so I was deprived of forever having that. What would have been in my wallet forever? Next week, the Commanders. Tough game. Still got Tyler Haneke playing there. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, with your Giants. They've, they've been up and down the last couple of weeks. How are you feeling confidence-wise going into this Commanders game? This one, I feel a little bit confident that we played them close. I feel this one's going to be this one's going to be also an interesting because the game's on a Sunday night. So this time on Sunday, I might I just might take a little walk, check out some holiday, you know, some holiday sites sites during the holiday season in the city before the game. And be home in time for the game. That's, that's that's definitely a good idea, especially all the lights up right now and everything. Everything's looking great. Um, and yeah, you're gonna have a really really good game uh, because that giant game um, two weeks ago against the Commanders was a great game. I mean, it ended in a 2020 tie, but it was just uh, you know one of those nail biting on the edge of your seat games. So you got to figure you're gonna have something similar this week. I think the Giants are gonna. Uh, find a way to pull it out um it, you know it's 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 money time right now and i think brian dable is a money coach and he's just gonna find a way to get the giants over the hump get off this schneid because you gotta remember right now the giants started off what well, i believe they were six and one at one point right yeah and i just feel it'd be a disappointment if we didn't make the playoffs because this team felt like it was just something different that I haven't seen in a while with the Giants. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, man. And and you know, I I still think that uh, you know, look, hey, the NFL season is a very long one uh for the guys playing. It goes quickly for us watching. <laughs> but for the guys playing, it's a very long season. It's a very um, you know, laborious season where they they're getting uh the heck kicked out of them every freaking week. So, you know, Every once in a while, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. Giants got their teeth kicked in last Sunday. But the difference is between the good teams and the bad teams is that the good teams can get their teeth kicked in, dust themselves off, and go out and win next week. 
You know, I remember when the, when the Jets had Rex Ryan as their head coach. They went out and had one of the worst losses I've ever seen in my life. I believe the final score was 41-3 to on Monday Night Football. Terrible. It, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. But then the Jets went out, won their next few games, made the playoffs, got back to Gillette against the Patriots, and beat them in the playoffs. You know, something like that would not surprise me at all. You know, like how the Giants ended up losing to the uh, um, Eagles in the 2008 playoffs without um, Plaxico Burris, I could definitely see a Giants-Eagles playoff matchup this year where the Giants knocked them off. Just, you know, c- coming back with everybody talking about this game and the other game they're going to be playing in the regular season, I could definitely see that happen to the Giants. What do you think about that, Dan? Yeah, I could see that. That would be that would be really I would be really stoked about that. I could tell you that I'd be I would be re- really stoked. As a matter of fact, well, well, because I knew the possibility of the whole thing, the game getting flexed. I was th- I had an opportunity to of someone who was selling some tickets like anything to to get get a ticket to that last game, Philadelphia, but. I knew I'd only be able to really want to do it if it was going to be for sure a one o'clock game because I knew the train schedules were going to be messed up and it was going to be a flux game to a night game. You know, to do because when because a lot of times when you see me at times see the Mets on a road in Philly or something like that, or I've done or, or I saw the Rangers on a road in Philly, it was usually a day game that I was able to you know pull it off a day trip. Sure. Usually, a little bit difficult to do that with the night game with the scheduling because I use. I take New Jersey Transit out there to Philly, play like the a day trip. So, not to do that. Off to off to off to put in the comments on a, the comment to that Facebook friend who's who like has a bunch of extra like Eagle Seed tickets and like that. To tell her, <laughs> tell her, yeah, I'll buy that ticket because I knew that game might be flexed and become a night game and that's a little difficult to do because because part of the reason I'm able to pull that. I do that trip is because I do that. I would, I would have done it a day game because I wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to stay at the hotel. Just come home, come home the same day. Cause it's a day game and there'd be catching an, an entire game. Then hop on the train back to, to New York. It's that a uh, Philly trip that many of us have made over the years. Um, and you know, we're, we're talking about your uh, giants, you know, they're still in playoff position. The other team, in MetLife, my uh, New York Jets, not so much. Right now, the Jets are sitting at 7-6, and six, currently on the outside looking into the playoffs behind the Chargers and the Patriots. Um, really annoying. The Jets have put themselves in this spot because back-to-back losses now um, with the, uh, uh, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills losing to the Patriots and everything. Just uh, really not good. Obviously, they beat the Bears in that mix, but... Um, you know, right now the Jets are seven and six, the Patriots are seven and six, the Chargers are seven and six, and the Jets and the Chargers don't play each other, but the Jets are 0 2 against New England. So New England gets every tiebreaker against the Jets. So they have to finish above them um, if, if they want to be in a good spot in the playoffs. And uh, right now they're not, but their next couple of games, they have a chance to get right. They have, uh, you know, Detroit next week and Jacksonville the week after that. But both teams have been pretty hot lately. Dan, have you seen what the Detroit Lions have been doing lately? Yeah, I've been like, holy shit, they're doing a lot better than expected. Like, I mean, I, I can imagine that they, I can imagine Mr. Landau is probably happy. <laughs> That's true. He is a Lions fan. You're right about that. Yeah, uh, man, I call Mr. Detroit. Yes, yes. The the mayor of Detroit, by the way, Mr. Dave Landau. Great guy, by the way. Go follow him on Twitter at Landau Dave. Uh, but yeah, man, you're 100 percent right that uh the those uh Detroit Lions have been playing great. Um and over the last three games, Jared Goff, the former quarterback of the uh the the, the LA Rams, who um, you know, fell out of favor there. They traded for Matthew Stafford. Goff has thrown eight touchdowns and no picks in the last three games. He has really, really elevated his game 
and looks great doing it. Um, and this Detroit Lion offense is top-notch, no doubt about it. I mean, the, their defense leaves a lot to be desired. So you, you hope as a Jets fan that Mike White can uh, go up against their defense and tear it to shreds like he's done against a couple of these other defenses. But, you know, you're, we're just going to have to see what happens. Um, just to get back to Mike White, too. The, the you know, last year, the bloom fell off the rose with Mike White against Buffalo, where he started, he was still a little banged up, but he started the game through four interceptions, and the Jets got blown out 45-17. Yesterday, the Jets lost, or I'm sorry, not yesterday, but on Sunday, the Jets lost that game 20-12, to um, a ton of missed opportunities. But I'll tell you this much, Mike White, is the quarterback for the Jets. No matter what you want to say, he is the number one, the number two, and the number three quarterback for the Jets, in my opinion, because I don't know if you saw it, because I know you were locked in on your Giants, man, but did you see the beating that Mike White took? Which, by the way, God forbid they throw a roughing the passer call because this guy got freaking hammered twice, and he was driven into the ground once of them, after the ball was long gone, they definitely – I've seen much less calls for roughing the passer, not to mention the other call out of bounds where Garrett Wilson got hit 10 yards out of bounds, and they and they didn't call a, a late hit on them either because the Jets don't get any calls because the referees don't respect them. But, um, you know, what did you think about that beatdown that Mike White took and still came back out for the fourth quarter to try and lead his team back? I have to say that that's impressive. What I what I heard when I was I was watching Sports Night before I went to sleep, so that that was that that was an impressive uh, showing. And I have to say, all those the miss miss calls. I mean, I'm just imagining in my head Larry David's reaction to that. Like I every like I keep anytime I hear like these things happening with the gyms, I think I think of that curb your enthusiasm episode, and oh. you know what. Right. Yep, I remember. I remember the famous episode, and you know that's a uh, that's true. That the, everything that they talk about in that episode is a hundred percent true. And no wonder the guy ended up killing himself. Like you could really tell that this episode that episode was written by a Jets fan. Yep, no doubt about it. You could feel the pain through that episode because as the great Joe Beningo would say oh the pain because that's all we get as Jet fans is pain and uh you know yeah Joe Beningo had a cameo in that episode as a matter of fact yes he did you're right about that and what, you know, what? what's that are you saying he did have a cameo in that episode what saying he had a cameo in that episode I didn't notice no, 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 no. Joe Beningo wasn't in that episode. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen that episode. I was about to say, because I remember that episode. Yeah. Clearly. I would have no. known. But he no. definitely... Eric Mangini okay. made it into the, the Sopranos, but unfortunately, Joe Beningo didn't make it into Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. you know, as much as I would, I would have loved to have seen, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. And I definitely can't wait for the new season. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, hey, just to, to wrap up with the Jets, too. Now, they just got to make – you got to go out. You got to beat Detroit. You got to – because right now they put themselves in a situation where there's there's no wiggle room. You have to beat Detroit. You have to beat um, Jacksonville. And then you probably have to run the table, actually. As a matter of fact, uh, you might be able to afford one loss of these, but both home games – Pretty much the only game they can afford to lose is the one to uh, the Seahawks in Seattle. Because week 18, the last week of the season against the Dolphins, you got to win that game. And the two home games they have left, you got to win those games. Now, it would be nice if they win in Seattle, too, to go 11-6. and six, But I'm a Jets fan, and, uh, you know, I, I have to be realistic. I doubt the Jets are going to run the table and uh, win this thing out. So I'm hoping for 10-7. and seven. Um, I'd love to see it. I think if they go 10 and seven, they should be in the playoffs no matter what. And um, Hey, that's, that's what we have to be right now. We have to uh, be positive and uh, just, just keep an eye on both our teams right now. Cause right now 
even though the Jets and the Giants have slipped a little bit the last couple of weeks, luckily they played so good at the beginning of the season that they've given themselves the opportunity to try to figure everything out, get everything right, and now make a playoff run. Right, Dan? Exactly. And boy, am I going to be happy. I also realized this upcoming schedule, we get one of those rare years where we got football on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And another thing I got to say about sporting events around Christmas time, I noticed that the NBA has been a little inconsistently with the next plane on Christmas Day. I know some years they didn't do that, but the the guy, uh, David Stern, the guy in charge of the NBA, really leave, leave that alone, all right? Just like the football has the Giants and the, I mean, the, 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 the Cowboys and the, and of course the the Lions playing home games. The New York Knicks play a home game on Christmas Day. Leave that alone. Totally agree with you on that, man. And the uh, name you're looking for is Adam Silver, by the way, the commissioner of the yeah. NBA. But yeah, you, you, I, I could not agree more with you. The and the, the fact that last year the Knicks didn't even play on Christmas Day, and when it was the Nets was a joke. So, you know, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And uh, yeah, be, you know, we're just about running out of time here. So uh, be, before we wrap up, though, definitely got to touch on our New York Rangers, man. Love yeah, what yeah. I've been seeing out of these guys. That game against the Devils on Monday was such a fun game to watch. Obviously, at the beginning, it wasn't because the Rangers were down 2 nothing. Then they were down 3-1. Uh, to one. And then the next thing you know, the Rangers scored two goals in a matter of about 40 seconds. And uh, actually, no, it was it was it was less than that. It was like 10 seconds. They scored two goals in and they tie the game three, three. Next thing you know, they're going to overtime. They're winning in a shootout four to three. Terrific. Oh, no, that was against. Uh, no, no, they, they they won in overtime, though. But terrific win. Great victory for, for the Rangers four in a row. Now, are you starting to get a little more confident with this Ranger team? I, I'm starting to get a little more confident. I kind of felt like they kind of got to a slow start. I felt if they can write this a little bit, get into that nice little winning streak, they're back in this, and it's happening. Go That that we're going to have, I feel like, a monster second half of the season, I feel like we're going to have. And I I look forward to being along for this ride the entire time because it's going it's gonna to be big. And uh, I-, I can tell you, I may have a. I- I'm surprised I didn't spill the beer in my hand because I may have, I may have had a, I may have had a, I may have had a can or two of a of a of Coney Island in my. <laughs> <laughs> to take the edge off. <laughs> Lately, I've been on a kick with the, with this Coney Island beer that's a that's locally brewed here, that's locally brewed here in the five boroughs. They got. They do an amazing job with that. They they have they have they have a brewery. Their brewery is actually right next to the where the Cyclones play. By the way, their brewery. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their brewery is right next to where the, where the Cyclones play. Look, nice little nice little locally brewed beer. I tried some some of their stuff after I was at a party, and someone brought some assortments of stuff from their, from that brewery, and so I I, I picked up some stuff. Very cool, man. And, uh, you know, so are are you going to be enjoying some of that tomorrow night when the Rangers play another really big game against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs? Yep, I am. I'm going to be cracking open some beer during a during the nice little uh, original original six matchup. That's true. That's true. And then even after that, they, they have a uh, pretty interesting weekend, too, because then they get a back to back. Um, I believe they're both road games. Yeah, they are actually. They're playing in Philly on Saturday night, and they're playing in Chicago on Sunday night. So hopefully they could get a little bit of revenge against the Blackhawks because the Rangers really got knocked around by the Blackhawks at Madison Square Garden a week or two ago. So yep. really got to hope they can get back on track about that, right? Yep. And and the game against Philly that the the Gerald Grant that that that's the one you start Igor the game against Philly just remember that <laughs> true but they've been so bad this year Philly I 
I agree with you. I wouldn't mind seeing Igor start. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing Igor start both. But uh, it yeah, I guess it, I guess it depends. Maybe because Igor is probably going to start tomorrow against Toronto. So to be honest, I actually think they're going to go Halak against Philly on uh, on Saturday, and I'm not happy about that. Uh, I'm still n- e- e- even though congratulations to Yaroslav Halak, he did recently get his first win as a as a Ranger. So. That that is very nice for him. I still don't have all the confidence in the world in him. Yeah, because I believe we. I just anytime we could just kick, kick any team in Philly's ass, they just wanted to do that. Just exactly, but the skate to their throat, right? It's like Happy Gilmore. Yeah, exactly. All right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've just exactly. Believe me. <laughs> And their creepy nightmare fuel mascot that looks like a looks like a mascot that looks like a bad acid trip. <laughs> he does that. That mascot is terrible. I don't understand what they were thinking when they even introduced that. And uh, it it also pains me to see uh, one of my favorite Rangers head coaches, John Tortorella, stuck down there in Philadelphia right now. I can't wait till he's out of there. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> in there, but uh, I'll be in my living. I'll be in my living room tomorrow, watching the game. Uh, Mister Mister Maloon again, of course, probably next to me for part of the game. He he. It's, there's this weird thing with Mister Maloon again. He always loves sitting next to me when I'm watching TV. He, for some reason, seems to have his eyes glued to the TV when I'm watching hockey. <laughs> yeah, he he likes that big white surface. Yeah, just saying that hockey grabs his attention, and uh, I wonder. Sometimes I, I've even said to myself, "I wonder if he could, if I could just get him into the guard as an as an as an emotional support animal." He probably could. You pr- knowing things these days, and he's small enough. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> believe me, in, in a way, you know, I kind of he actually, as a matter of fact, he actually is registered as an ESA. Very cool. Very cool, man. My mom. That makes sense. Makes sense. Mister Malunigan just helps helps my mother get through get through some of the some down downtown which I've been going through, which she goes through. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. After you, so I, I could I could take. I'm glad I could. At least I'm glad I could do that because I could take him with me on the plane and have him uh have him a little bit more comfortable and not see seeing him in a. Somewhere that he's a he's a little bit bit getting anxious. True, true. Yeah, you never yeah, like yeah. uh you know loading your pet in the bottom of the plane and everything. Not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Believe me, Malone again. He, even if he has to sit like a he he he's. Uh, it, I I haven't gotten. I've never taken him on a long out of state trip like that. But if I did, he'd be he'd be somewhere. Where he'd 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 have. I'd be, I'd be, there, I'd be there with, I'd be, I'd be there, I'd be there with him the whole time. Exactly, exactly. And he could go to Florida. And he could, uh, he could put on his little tropical shirt and it, his, his, uh, his, his Magnum PI style shirt. Exactly. I think you may have seen a picture of him wearing it. I think I have. I believe you're right. <laughs> All right. Wear- it's bang the PI saw shirt. Very cool, man. Very cool. And uh, I think we're just about done here. We're getting counted down right now. So uh, yeah, be, you know, be, be, before we get out of here, Dan, you have anything else you'd like to plug? Sure. My uh, my my Twitter handle Bobo one zero three NYC. Instagram Bobo seven one eight DK. Also YouTube Daniel Curlin on YouTube. Very cool. Make sure to check out Dan there. Subscribe and like to all his uh, his videos there. And by the way, if you're a Mets fan that happens to see me while I'm while I'm at, you know, if I'm out or setting in the city, I do have a bunch of these I got a hold of from the Queens Baseball Convention on hand. A little little Mets little little uh, can, beer beer can koozie. It's 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 like the size of like the Railer cans, not the Tall Boys. Even though they even though they do make ones for the Tall Boys now. Very cool. They, I also have. A regular size can at home, and I also got I got one for a tall boy. Also, of course, you have to complete the collection. 
I love that. And uh, yeah, also before we get out of here, before uh, if you if you want to follow the show on Twitter, check us out at bsith underscore podcast. Uh, you want to follow me? Check me out at my last name Kramer and Y. And uh, yeah, also on Instagram, check us out at Best Eat in the House Podcast. So once again, thank you everybody for tuning in and checking out the podcast and supporting us. Um, as always, I'm your host Rob Kramer with my co-host Daniel Bobo Curlin, and this is the Best Seat in the House Podcast. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll catch you next week.